Welcome to The Hard Pile, a community-driven choose-your-own-adventure narrative podcast. This is episode 11, Spaces in Between. Rena found Logan's shift behind her, so that their backs were now flashed against each other. She kept her eyes on the approaching guards. One was already halfway down the passageway, while the other was just rounding the corner of the bookshelf near the back wall. Next to her, Asha pushed herself away from the bookshelf she had crashed into earlier and came to stand in front of her. Listen, we don't want any trouble. We're simply here to read up on some documents. This is a public archive after all, right? Everyone's allowed in here with the correct paperwork. You just spooked us, okay? No harm done. We can all go back to what we were doing beforehand. We won't even complain to anyone about the way you've been treating us. Yeah, I don't think so. The captain stepped closer, keeping his blade at Logan's throat. Logan's hand came up to grab Rena's arm at their side, his fingers wrapping tightly around her wrist. Asher shifted closer to Rena and blocked her view of the approaching guards. Her hand slipped underneath the fabric of her tunic at her waist and slid towards her back, clenching around something without taking it out. You can drop this foolish act. I don't know who you are. And I don't think I actually really care to find out. But I don't believe that you're just some innocent researchers. Not if you're in this room. Not if you're in this section. He got closer to Logan until they were face to face, only the blade separating them. As much as I'm weirdly enjoying this, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sure you don't. You know, you're not as good at sneaking around as you think you are. Sure, the surveillance in this place is... Quite frankly, abysmal. But I notice. I always notice. Well, <laughs> good for you. You seem to be a very valuable member of this establishment. Like a well-behaved, loyal guard dog. You think you're so clever. But look at where you are now. Being threatened by the kinda attractive asshole with delusions of grandeur who thinks he's just uncovered a great conspiracy in his basement. Logan, shut your mouth or I swear I will shut it for you once I'm done with the rest of these fools. The first guard was almost upon them and Asha finally pulled out what she had been holding onto behind her back. At first it looked like a thin black handle until she flicked her wrist and it expanded into a rod the length of her forearm. Rena didn't know what to do, didn't know what she could add to the conversation that would help them out. She knew she wouldn't be able to fight them. Asha and Logan probably, but definitely not her. She would certainly just end up being an obstruction for the other two. But being the eldest daughter had taught her how to calm an argument down before it escalated into a full fight. And maybe there was the sliver of a chance that the captain would listen to her instead of Logan. She turned around and opened her mouth to say something. But the second the captain's eyes shifted to look at her, Logan lifted his free hand and pushed the captain's blade up and away from his throat, making the man stumble back a few steps. Logan ran forward, his grip tightening on Rena's wrist as he dragged her behind him. Rena almost fell, not expecting the sudden shift in movement, but managed to somehow keep her balance. Her dress wasn't made for running. Her legs kept getting tangled in the fabric, and even though she tried bunching the skirt up with her free hand, she barely managed to hold on to it. She looked back and realized Asha wasn't behind them. She was still standing between the bookshelves, the captain at her feet while she was holding on to his jacket, his blade on the ground next to him. With her other hand, she was swinging the rod towards the first guard, hitting him on the side of the head before he had finished lifting his sword. He slumped to the side and crashed into the bookcase. The captain tried pushing himself up to his feet again, but before he could fully regain his footing, she swung him around by his jacket and threw him towards the second guard. Wait! There's no time! But Asha! She can manage on her own. 
Rina tried pulling her wrist out of Logan's grip, but his hand clamped shut, blocking the blood flow to her hand. No, wait! She almost lost her footing trying to get him to stop, but he just kept going, kept running down the endless hallway between bookshelves. She turned around one more time, glancing back at Asha while Logan led them to the other end of the room. Asha had picked up the captain's rapier and was swinging it with the same form and force like you would a regular sword. Before Rina could see any more of the fight, Logan was pulling them to the right, down the passage between bookshelves that ran along the leftmost wall of the room. Wait, where are we going? Out of here. But the door's the other way. He didn't reply, just ran to the end of the passage. He stopped abruptly and turned towards her, dropping down to one knee in the same motion. He held his hands out to her, interlinking them palms up at knee height, and looked up at her expectantly. What? Climb up. Where? Rina looked up at the bookshelf in front of them and then looked around, trying to figure out what he wanted from her. But the shelves looked exactly like any other in this room. On top of the bookshelf, there's some tunnels in the wall that connect the rooms together. Now, climb. We don't have all day. Ventilation shafts? Yes, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just get up there already. Okay, okay. She grabbed onto the boards on the bookshelf with her left hand, testing whether they would hold in place or not, and placed her other hand on Logan's shoulder. She stepped on his intertwined hands, and he hoisted her up with such force that she almost hit her head on the ceiling. She somehow managed to hold onto the bookshelf and slide on top of it. She had to lie flat on her stomach, since there was barely enough space between the bookshelf and the ceiling for her to turn around. Like Logan had mentioned, there was a rectangular opening in the wall that was covered with an ornate, cast-iron grate. While Logan was climbing up the bookshelf in front of her, Rena tugged at the grate with all her force, which wasn't exactly much of it considering the awkward position she was in. Going first, I'll close the gate behind us. Rina slid forward, contorting her body to fit into the opening. The cast iron grate dug into her hip on one side, while the ceiling dug into the other. Somehow, after a lot of back and forth and almost falling off the bookshelf, she managed to squeeze her body into the opening. She crawled forward, realizing that the stone beneath her was covered in dust. She could smell it in the air, feel it tickle her nose as she breathed it in. She tried to cover her face with the back of her hand, but it didn't help much. The tunnel in front of her was dark, only slightly illuminated by the dim light from the other room. It didn't seem to go very far. There was maybe enough space for two people before there was a wall, but she supposed there had to be a bend to either side that she just couldn't see. The space was thankfully big enough for her to move and look back at the entrance, but not big enough to really turn around in it. She crawled forward a bit to make enough space for Logan to get in. She reached the back wall where the tunnel bent to both sides, hoping it could tell her where to go next. But both tunnels were completely dark. She looked back at Logan who was climbing in with his feet first. He pulled the grate over the opening again before fishing something out of his pocket and bringing it up in front of him. What are you doing? We have to leave. What if they catch up to us? I'm just gluing it shut. Won't keep them away forever, but maybe long enough for us to lose them. Just keep going already and I'll catch up. Rina turned around and looked down both tunnels again, hoping her eyes had gotten used to the dark enough to see something more, anything that could indicate to her where they were supposed to go, but the paths in front of her were still pitch black. Um, where do I go? Doesn't matter. Both lead to other rooms. We just need to get out of this one. What if we get stuck? I can't see anything. I won't know whether we're going in circles or not. What if this is the only grate that opens and we never find our way back? Just... Go forward until you see some light, and then head towards light. Like I said, it doesn't matter where we end up, and they didn't consider that people would be crawling around inside these shafts, so the grates aren't welded to the walls. Well, except the ones leading to the outer walls, probably, but we're not going there anyway. 
Would probably take us a whole day to find the correct shafts that lead outside. And then who knows where we'll land. Maybe if we had scouted the area beforehand so we'd know where these shafts lead, but like right okay, now... I'm just going to go to what's left. Yeah, sure. Thankfully the tunnels were big enough for her to take the turn. Even though she had to shuffle around and squeeze herself past the corner. She could feel the dust caking onto her dress and arms and hands. Especially after she had taken the turn. But at least her disgust was strong enough to override the fear and anxiety that came with crawling through a dark enclosed space with no end in sight. Ah, what? I touched something. Something moving? There's probably rats and cockroaches in here. What? No, no, no. It wasn't moving. It was, I don't know, kind of fuzzy, I guess? Dead rat, then. Nothing to worry about. It can't hurt you if it's dead. Just keep going. Just a dead rat, because those don't carry any diseases at all. Less mumbling, more shuffling forward. We should have just let the guards take us to the holding cells. You definitely wouldn't say that if you had ever been in one of those before. They don't clean up the dead rats there either. Rina didn't know how long it took them to navigate through the ventilation shafts before they found another crate that led them to a different dimly lit room. More than five minutes and less than half an hour, if she had to guess. As Logan had mentioned before, she had no problem pushing the grate forward and carefully lowering it onto the bookshelf underneath the exit. She poked her head out to see if any people were around who could see them climb out, but the room seemed empty enough. The layout was almost the same as the room they had just come from, with tall wooden bookshelf that almost reached the ceiling, although it looked like the middle of the room had either shorter shelves or no shelves at all. She scooted forward and managed to shuffle to the side so that she lay on her belly on top of the bookshelf. She looked down at the ground, wondering how she was supposed to get down without falling or taking the whole bookshelf with her. Apparently Logan didn't have the same concerns, because he managed to roll himself off the edge, turn in mid-air, and land on his feet without any major problems. Here, take my hand. Careful. Thank you. No problem. Okay, let's figure out where we are. We might be alone in the room. That's good. Okay, no idea what any of this is. Just a bunch of numbers and words that don't make sense. Um, receipts for the military spending on food. Damn, how do you know that? It's written on the crate. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. That crate over there reads military carpentry receipts. Okay, so bookkeeping then. Fascinating. No wonder no one's here. We'll just need a good excuse to walk past the guards standing outside. You want to just walk out? Well, if we wait here for too long, they'll have enough time to raise the alarm and lock the entire place down and look through all the rooms on this floor. So, our best bet is to get upstairs as fast as possible to blend in with the rest of the crowd. But what if we run into them in the hallway? We'll hear them coming from far away, won't we? I guess so, but what about Asha? She's stubborn. She'll find her own way out of here. Now, come on. And Roderick? He's definitely smart enough to pretend he doesn't belong with the rest of us. But some of the clerks saw us together. Especially the one who entered the room with us. Well, he'll just have to charm her into lying for him. I'm sure he'll figure something out. They walked up to the end of the passage. Logan held a hand up for Rena to stop and then leaned forward to peer into the room. Okay, I think we're good. Wait, wh what are we going to do about our clothes? Covered in grime and dust. It's gonna be fine. We just have to walk out of the door like we're supposed to be here and talk about the price of flour or whatever. The guards outside will only see our backs anyway. And with how badly lit this whole place is, I'm sure they won't notice anything. I don't know. I'm 
Should I remember whether we entered the room earlier or not? We can just pretend like we've been here the whole day. Logan, I'm really not sure, but... Shh. He held up another hand to silence Rina and slowed down his pace. They hadn't yet run into anyone else on their way to the entrance, but that didn't mean they had to be careless. Even if Rina hadn't seen anyone in the branching passages between the bookshelves either. She hadn't even heard any indications that someone might be at the other end of the room. She wasn't sure if this was a good thing or not. On the one hand, no one was there to bother them and notice them sneaking around. But on the other hand, if this was a room where no one ever visits, the guards outside the door would definitely not just let them walk away. They would probably end up having to flee or fight the guards. So what had been the point of crawling through the ventilation shafts in the first place? At least in the other room, they had had Asha with them who knew how to fight. And clean clothes. They did have the element of surprise in this room, however, if she really tried to find positive side to the situation. Maybe they could exploit it if they stopped long enough to come up with a decent plan. They carefully stepped closer, and Rina could finally see the area at the center of the room that held long wooden desks instead of bookshelves. But even that area looked abandoned. The chairs were all placed neatly beneath the middle of the desks, as if no one had ever touched them since the day they had first been set there. Before they could reach the passage that led to the door, Logan turned around to face her and stopped her with a hand on her shoulder. There's probably gonna be a clerk sitting at the desk in front of the door. We'll just walk past them as if we've been here the whole day, okay? Just nod to them. Don't say anything more. If they try to talk to us, just let me deal with it. Rena nodded and stood up straight, taking in a deep breath to center herself. Okay. Logan patted her face twice, smearing the grime from the shafts on her cheeks, and turned around, striding confidently around the corner. He instantly stopped again, and Rena ran headfirst into his back. What the fuck are you doing here? Rena stepped back and around Logan, and immediately her body froze. On the desk, where the clerk should have been, lounged the captain that tried to arrest them earlier. Rena didn't know if she should run away again, if they should get back to the shafts. But Logan wasn't moving, and the captain wasn't moving either. He just sat on the table, leaning against the wall, one leg outstretched, the other angled up, and looked at them. How the hell did you find us? Logic and deduction? I know the layout of this place, and I know where the shafts lead to. A bit of chance and guessing to find the exact room you'd end up in, but it seems like fortune is smiling down upon me. So, tell me, what were you doing looking at the administrator's letters? Why would we tell you anything? Just because you found us a second time doesn't mean we're suddenly going to give in to your requests. Don't pretend you've got any power in the situation. Hmm. Well, you didn't exactly give me any incentives to tell you the truth. Is this how you city for conduct your interrogations? Where's the torture? Maybe a bribe? Getting my way in gold is always nice. Or I could also come up with some other ideas. You know, you're quickly becoming the most annoying person I've ever met. Uh, hi, um, I'm Rina. Uh, I'm really sorry we ran away from you earlier. It was just a bit of a frightening situation. We didn't mean any harm by reading those letters. We're just trying to figure some stuff out. We're not colluding or rioting or planning a coup. I, I promise we're not going to cause any trouble for the archives. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we took some of the letters with us. We'll, we'll give them back as soon as we've had an opportunity to read them. It's really just because we're trying to piece together what happened to my hometown. Because we think something strange Stop is going on. talking. Why are you telling him any of this? Maybe he can help. Why would someone like him ever help us? Because we might have the same concerns. What? what? The captain crossed his arms and leaned back against the desk, eyeing them wearily, 
his jaw clenching and unclenching as if he was mulling something over in his head. I don't know what exactly you people are looking for, or what you're even talking about, really. But I've done some digging of my own, and I'm not thrilled with the things I've found. Do you know anything about Ocean's Throat? Or, or, or maybe Miller's knee? The towns that burnt down? I've heard of them. There's something weird going on, right? That the fires weren't just accidents, something to do with those crow effigies, right? That, and that's why the events had to be kept a secret? How do you want to survive as an adventurer if you just tell the enemy everything we know? He caught us twice! He can just take the letters off of us when he throws us into jail. What does it matter if I tell him now or not? We could have bargained. It didn't look like your bargaining was working very well earlier. Well, you didn't exactly let me finish the negotiations, did you? Maybe I should just have both of you thrown into jail if this is how you behave. I'm sorry, sir. Oh, maybe my lord? Prince? Duke? None of that. My name's Finn. Hi, Logan. Nice to meet you. Logan held a hand out towards the captain while smirking, waiting for him to shake it. Finn looked down at the hand in confusion, his eyes slowly knitting together before he finally took the hand and shook it once. Didn't you just call him the enemy? I still have manners. Can we finally get back to the initial subject? I don't know much about these fires, or what purpose those effigies have. But I've heard about the crow before, and I know that the royal council works with them somehow but doesn't want it known. So the, the figurines represent an organization? What kind? What do they do? I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. I've got some suspicions, but nothing concrete. Anything you'd like to share with the rest of us? You see, I don't know how much I can trust you yet, so I'm going to keep my hard-earned information to myself until I've figured out who the fuck you guys are. Oh, come on. I'm from Ocean's Throw. My family um, di died in the fire. I just want to figure out what happened to them. Hmm. That might be true, but maybe it isn't. And it also doesn't tell me who he is, or who your other companion is. But that doesn't really matter right now. We need to get out of here before one of the guards decides to go behind my back and tell the administrator about you. We? Since when are we all working together? A second ago, you were trying to get us arrested. I know I can't investigate this thing on my own. I at least need someone to stand guard during the night when I'm asleep. And I don't exactly trust anyone around here. Not for this sort of mission. So I suppose you lot will do. No matter how irritating some of you are. You wait. I'll grow on you in no time. I highly doubt that. But also, why should we trust you? Like I said, you tried to get us arrested. You might very well be a spy for the Royal Council. Don't flatter yourself. You aren't so important that the Royal Council would send a spy after you. They didn't like you. They'd just throw you in jail and let you rot there. You don't have to trust me. We just need to come to an understanding that for the next few days or weeks, we're going to work together. We are both looking into the same thing, and I doubt you know as much about the administrator or the royal council as I do. Well, still, somehow, I don't tend to work with people who just held a blade to my throat. I think it's going to be fine. Why? A week ago, I didn't know you or any of the others, but you still grabbed my hand before running away, and Asher still fought the guards off to help us escape. And Frodrick drove us all the way here, even though he has no personal stake in the whole matter. So I don't see why I shouldn't let him into this group too. Especially if he already knows more than we do about this whole situation. Fine. I'll need to gather some of my things from my chamber before leaving. A ledger with all the irregularities I've noticed while at the archives. I definitely don't think we should linger here. I'm sure you can remember all the important information in that beautiful head of yours. 
Our best bet is to get out of here as fast as possible and get out of town before anyone else starts being suspicious. What about Asher and Roderick? We can't just leave them here. We don't even know where they are. I'm sure they'll find a way out on their own. We can just wait for them at the inn. Maybe put a little note on Roderick's caravan so that he knows not to wait for us. But we don't know if they'll be able to get out. Asher was fighting three people so that we could get away. She could be in the holding cells. She isn't. She got away from us before we could catch her. I only sent one of the guards after her. She should be fine. It still feels like we are abandoning her. I'm Edward October. There's only one way to serve a fine bourbon, poured neat and slowly savored. The retro horror stories served by October Pod are just as refined as an aged bourbon, but now there are two ways to enjoy them. Subscribe to October Pod Home Video on YouTube. There we debut our latest true, true-ish, and or classic tales of horror and the paranormal on the first and third Tuesday of each month. And now you can pour yourself a double serving of October Pod. Find October Pod After Midnight, that's October Pod AM for short, on your favorite podcast app. There, on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, we serve up tall glasses of our most horrifying spirits, specially curated for you to savor. Each episode of October Pod AM lasts about an hour just long enough to sip a good scotch by the fire. Now there are two ways to enjoy retro horror thrills of impeccable taste. Find all our links at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod, retro horror for bold individualists. Three paths lay in front of us on which the story could continue. On the first path, The group goes to get Finn's ledger before escaping together. On the second path, the group escapes the archives as fast as possible and waits for Asher and Roderick in the inn. On the third path, the group goes looking for Asher and Roderick before escaping the archives. You have until next Monday, 18th of July, to help decide how the story should continue. Head over to the show's Twitter page or to thehardpire.com to cast your vote. As always, you can read the transcripts to each episode on the website where you can also find additional information such as character art or a map of the journey. If you want to support the podcast, you can tell a friend about it, leave a review or rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or check out the Kofi or Patreon page. Your support would mean a great deal to me. The Hardpire is written and produced by me, Audrey Marta. Thank you for listening.